It's Eurobash episode 78. It is Easter weekend, but we are not going to see a resurrection for UFC 249 based on a hellacious week in MMA last week. My word, Noel McGrath, there you are, my love. How are you? I'm good, man. Not too bad. Uh, very quiet Easter weekend. Um, no fights to talk about. Very little news. Uh, not a lot going on in the world, but we are here. This is the main thing I think the people want. They don't care about the fights. They just want to hear us. So They were just like, go. Dana, we we don't care about Khabib and Tony. Just please don't please don't cancel Eurobash. And he's like, that's nothing to do with me. And like, thank God. Thank God. Um, what a week, man. Crazy. Cra- oh, crazy worlds we have at the moment. And fucking bananas. I think what's going on. Backstabbing, <laughs> cannibalism. Oh, it's, it's all there. That's oh, it. What a sport. <laughs> it's all fucking happening, isn't it? It's gone right <laughs> off the fucking charts. The world fucking gone mad and MMA goes like fucking... 20 times as mad standard week in mixed martial arts that's why I, I, I'm so shocked that everyone's so surprised that shit goes off the handle anymore in, in MMA because I'm not what, what, what do you what do we mean people in MMA don't <laughs> like each other what is this whoa whoa oh that's oh. never been a narrative amongst everything <laughs> we've always been a peace loving holding hands kind of people it's like, um, it's like, it's like, it's like a gated community Pete isn't it <laughs> flowers and fucking teacups and fucking salmon sandwiches and shit. I don't fucking know, man. I'm talking yeah, shit now. It's a gated community as to uh, not let people out rather than not let people in. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the ma- it's like the mafia. I was watching shit in your man, you know, Michael Francese um, there during the week. I've been just getting hooked and listening to his stuff when he was with the Colombo family and all. He was one of the guys in, in Goodfellas. He was portrayed by one of them. And that's what it's like. That's what MMA is like. Once you're in, you can never get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, man. It's 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 a weird one. We have four news headlines. Do we even need music for this? Yeah, we do. All right. There we go. UFC 249 is cancelled. Fight Island is real. Cage Warriors <laughs> pressing forward with events in a, uh, uh, a private location, but not until restrictions have uh, calmed down in the UK. And Talpa... Dutch uh, broadcast for the UFC have refused, say they refuse to show UFC events um, on ethical grounds. That's the end of the news. Ethical grounds. Have you ever heard the likes of it? Holy uh, God, I laughed at that one, man. Do they realize what, what they're showing on Saturday nights? Yeah, like <laughs> a broadcaster having ethical oh. morals and high grounds. Get the fuck out of here, lads. Not a, not a hope. Unbelievable Great stuff. stuff. Actually, yeah. you should mention that was... Marcel Dorf uh, from yeah. MMA DNA, who broke that news initially, and Andy Stevenson, who got Follow the up. comment from the from the broadcasters. So that was their work more than anyone else's. But uh, yeah, what a, what a crazy week! Um, first of all, I guess let's let's talk about the big one: uh, UFC 249 being cancelled. It took Disney, ESPN, several politicians, but uh, it is not happening. Uh, no major shock there for me, but I guess the the killing part of it all was. You know, Dana was going after this like a, like a dog with a bone, and I guess the real people who get kind of put out a put out a place with this is the fighters, uh, the staff, and, and the fans. You know, getting their hopes up, uh, and then suddenly it's it's not on, and it's been built up to be this you know Mount Everest of MMA events, basically with all the stuff that's going on, and and then it doesn't happen. I guess I guess that's why we saw so much upset about it. I guess on on Thursday or Friday was it? Yeah, Thursday. I don't even know the days anymore, but yeah, it was started Thursday or Friday. But man, it's are people surprised? That's what I don't get. Like even especially the media members surprised by what? By the fact 
this has been all a big shit show. It, it's standard practice, like, you know what I mean? It's not like, it, there was this sort of feeling on, on Friday or whatever day, the day after, and, and everyone was hopping on Dana and slating them and slamming them. You know, at the end of the day, what's, you know, that's his job. And I know in the circumstances, at the end of the day, right, what people I don't think are looking at here, he obviously got the call from the Disney bosses. The Disney bosses were told by the fucking government to pull it. So there's someone above Dane in all this chain as well. He's under pressure to deliver events to a certain degree as well. So are, are, were people really surprised when the, when the shit hit the fan and this was pulled? I wasn't. No, I mean, I wasn't, but I guess... I guess I, I didn't really see that much criticism for Dana, really. I, I thought it was more, you know, obviously there was a few managers see, saying it was th- the MMA media's fault, which was absolutely ridiculous. But um, I saw a lot of stick from from Dana. I know you probably went offline because from you, Dana or for Dana? For Dana, I didn't. I didn't. And the, like, I saw what, more of it today. Someone calling from his head today. What? Like, yeah, someone. Like, what? What part of Twitter are you on, me? <laughs> someone was a media organization uh, was calling for his head today. What do you mean his head? Tell him he should walk away after the latest debacle. Oh, well, look, um, to be honest, man, like this is going to be looked at, back on as a as a, a really bad moment for the sport. Like, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. But um, what does Dana give a fuck anymore? This is no, no. Like, this, this is what we've been it. saying since day one. Yeah. Like, I mean, this wasn't all too like, I mean, this is pretty much par for the course here. This is what I Dana don't understand. Just, Dana doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that wants to be at home for that long. <laughs> I mean, he fucking not hope. It's like a death sentence, man. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it it was we we were we said straight away that this shouldn't be happening, but uh, again, we weren't that surprised that he pressed forward with it. But um, yeah, I mean, I I didn't like there was so many fingers getting pointed in so oh, many different directions. It was it was just truly a rotten moment, you know. Like, look, every weekend MMA. Twitter is a joke. Like me and you come in there every Monday and we're like, what were they crying about this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Whose job were they asking to fire? Was Kill Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan. Anik is terrible. Uh, DC, oh. well, DC, I don't like DC myself. So, but anyway, <laughs> listen, every week there's something else. Totally agree and, with you. And they use that, they have the same energy with that stuff as they do with this coronavirus yeah. thing. You know what I mean? So it's like, Unreal. oh, it, it's been a lot. It's been overwhelming. Um, But yeah, like, I mean, I have a lot more to say in this, and I think... You go know, ahead, go ahead. You know, I think there's... You know, it, it will be looked back on as a bad moment. But as I said there, Dana's not going to give two fucking shits, man. The whole world... If you if you go to any website, any sports website probably in the world, last week, what were they talking about? The UFC pressing ahead with events, right? And, and at the end of the day, you know, it's a talking point. People are talking. It's still in the spotlights, in the mainstream. It's created a huge amount of interest this whole last two weeks. You know, he'll probably go, shit, okay, two four nines off, bang, right? Fight Island. People are talking about this shit now. I've created this little shit storm. You know, there's other things there that this is going to lead to. People have their eyes on the, on the mixed martial arts world now and the UFC because there's literally been no talks of anything else happening bar the uh, Belarusian Soccer League. Um, that's still going ahead, by the way. Um, and that's, that's a win in many ways for a promoter because the eyes are still on the sport and people are still talking about it. UFC has been fucking probably trending all week. Yeah. On social media. No, like, uh, you're right. Like, and I mean, it, it was kind of, it's funny, right? Because it, in media in general, like in mainstream media, they've never treated UFC like a mainstream sport. And then they suddenly expect them to behave like a mainstream yeah. sport, right? And I think they should have. Like, don't get me wrong. As the industry leader in the sport, I think they should have gone out and done that. But they didn't. Uh, 
wasn't all that shocking. But do you not think that is where the the pain comes from? The hurt. There was so yeah. much obvious hurt. Yes. The fact that he was pressing forward with well, this and making people believe it would happen. That's what he wants to get back. And that's what pain is all about. That's what the hurt comes from. And that's why I think he's so desperate to get this card on. And quite frankly, I don't think he gives ten fucking shades of a fuck what the mainstream media thinks. And that's the of things. And I saw people question, you know, his stupidity and all this sort of stuff. You know, ask fucking Frank and Lorenzo for Tita. Is this guy stupid? The guy is far from fucking stupid. His tenacity wouldn't have brought to the UFC where it is today. I know we can shit in him at certain times. But um, this is a time where yes. they deserve criticism without yeah, a doubt. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But at the end of the fucking day, man, you know, I think he's going to be looking at this. And obviously it's a, it was a shit show and it didn't turn out well. But, you know, is any publicity bad publicity anymore? And the world was talking about this. Let's not, let's not forget that. Yeah, I think there is such thing as bad publicity, uh, without a doubt. Um, and I do, as I said, I do think it's going to be looked back on in a very bad moment for the sport. But, I mean, we're, we're taking the spotlight off Dana, I mean, I think the whole MMA community need to have a look at, you know, wh- what we're putting out in the world and stuff based on the the weekend of madness that ensued after that and everyone kind of all over each other. Mm. Like, I mean, it's been shitty on that online space for a long time and i just think it reached saturation point uh yeah, yeah. with all this news so it's maybe toxic. it's a nice time for us all to draw a line <laughs> yeah. in the sand there and, and think about what we're putting out in the world like i mean if if mma twitter was a sound it would be napoleon dynamite's exasperated <laughs> soil like just oh, oh everything oh like i mean it let's is. just get over it it's not like i mean jesus christ it's this is wild this whole situation is mental and for people to be like out blaming each other and shit is just ridiculous it's ridiculous this whole situation is ridiculous yeah no listen it it is ridiculous and um you know the one thing that really sort of got to me during the week and the one person i you know the people i felt sorry for this week were obviously the fighters and oh yeah no more so than tony ferguson and you know, it goes back again where I'd really criticise Dana is with the transparency and the communication. The communication was absolutely dreadful. Even with Habib, I ain't telling the media nothing. Even with Habib, we saw that, you know, him going to Russia when, you know, this event was, I think it was two hours, 45-minute drive from San Jose, uh, you know, Lamore where Tachi Palace is. And then, obviously, Tony Ferguson finding out uh, 249 was cancelled again in a fucking interview um, that he was doing instead of hearing from Dana White was didn't sit well again with me and I think Dana White has treated Tony Ferguson very very poorly over the years and some of the stuff he said and again that wasn't wasn't cool with me that, that Tony had to find that out in, a, in an interview um, yeah no I agree with you absolutely um, I do agree I, I guess uh, you know that you mentioned Habib there that that's another great example of how shitty it is online i mean the abuse that guy took yeah ridiculous <laughs> you know, he's scary actually the fact that he is to come out of magdamadoff and say like lads you really think i'm afraid like i mean the fact that they've they're that annoying that he had to come out and say that is just uh, it's wild. Uh, like did they see that as a win like the fact that he's come out and he said something about it. they sitting at home with their little egg profiles going, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's we wild. really pissed someone off today. Sad it's wild, bastard. it's wild. And I don't think in any other sport, bar fucking MMA, you see as many fucking fake profiles where you've, you, you've guys uh, who can't even put their bloody picture on their profile because they're fucking keyboard warriors, so. But I think that's, uh, that's also another thing that people get confused. I think a lot of people get confused by this MMA Twitter space yeah. and MMA media. They don't totally know different. the difference, you know? Um, I don't, you know, we, you know, at the height of it when we're doing our shit, you know, you're, 
all you do is just sort of put out fucking stories on Twitter and, and you put out interviews. You don't put out the shit fucking yeah, toxic, like toxicity opinions that float around and out. Yeah, it's and it's totally outrage. Different. Outrage is a currency in this MMA media, the MMA Twitter. Like, so everybody is obviously just throwing negative yeah. shit at the wall. Oh my God, I can't believe this. This is disgraceful. Just fire him. Fire this guy. I know more about this than that guy. He's like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just rough. Um, but I'm glad that it's fucking over. You know, like as yeah. in that incident, the two four nine. At, at, at least, at least, we, at least we know now. You know. Oh my god! At yeah, yeah. This. I mean, it, it was like, all right. There's been not a lot of fights going on, but I'm telling you, I've been mainlining MMA. Like, I mean, this is this is like the busiest time ever. Like with that whole stretch there. Yeah, it was. It was bad. It was mental. Um. So because there was something happening every two minutes. Where was a like negative this, Even doing the show was a nightmare, wasn't it? Like, yeah. I mean, we were yeah. constantly like, oh, we have to go back and record it. So, so look for the changed. last. Look for the last. What What are we down now? We're down nine months. So we're down five weeks, right? In terms of this pandemic and what's been going on. Every Monday night after we recorded, we re-record I think twice or three times. Totally, the whole fucking show again after it was edited. <laughs> Because new news was coming in and dropping, like, and I just be getting on the Noel go half eleven, twelve, and like here, Noel, we got to do the fucks. Ah, fuck it. Listen, could yeah. be worse. Listen, I'm a wizard with my editing, so it's fine. The whiz, you know, it's, it's great. It'll take other um, people four hours to do. It takes me an hour. Right, right, right. Let's move on with our first interview of the day. The champ is back, Valentina Shevchenko. We had Joanne Calderwood on last week. Um, who told? Sorry, the week before last. Beg your pardon. Who told us about you know the the fight being postponed? That was later confirmed. But of course, Eurobash were the guys who broke it. But we got Valentina on to give her take on this whole situation, and we picked her brain about a lot of things. And she made me real feel really really bad because she just seems to have this mindset where she's uh, constantly in this growth. Like she's she's learning different languages. She's you know. Learn how to play an instrument. <laughs> and, well, I'm just eating lots of cake. Uh, so, I mean, I, I haven't really... Peter, I, I will learn an instrument. Get, would you not get her to teach you to dance, man? Man, I'd be, I'd be no. afraid I'd pull something <laughs> in me back on the phone and start screaming or something. So, uh, no, I didn't. But I, I can tell you, I was very entertained. I love speaking to Valentina. She's a real treasure. Um, a real credit to our sport. And um, brilliant to have her back on. We'll leave you guys with this interview and we'll be back in about 15 minutes to discuss Fight Island. It's real, guys. You asked for it and she is back. It is the flyweight queen, one of the greatest fighters in the world that is competing at the moment. None other than Valentina Shevchenko. Valentina, we are in a crazy situation at the moment with this uh, coronavirus. How are you, first of all? How are you holding up? Uh, hello, Peter. I'm uh, good, good. <laughs> Uh, as much good as I can be at this situation. And, you know, it's like that funny that um, like all uh, lined up all together in one, the coronavirus, staying at home, surgery, and everything like uh, went in one. So I spent now like all my time at home and just trying to um, sharpen in my skills in something different besides the martial arts. Amazing, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and just like trying to think about everything with a positive mindset. Yes, it's a, it's a real struggle to do that, I guess, at these times with so much negativity around. But you, of course, sound as positive as ever, which I'm glad to hear. Um, 
what did you think of this latest news? Uh, before we get on to your leg and, and, and the, the JoJo situation, uh, of course, the latest news from UFC, uh, that the UFC 249 will not be happening. Are, are you surprised by this, Valentina? Oh, yes. It was taken like by complete surprise. And you know the most because my sister's fight, it has yes. to be happened a week after for in April 25th and of course now knowing all this situation it's like all UCFIs they're postponed ah so it's like it means that fighters they are still will do like um it's not cancel it's just postponed and they still have to keep their form but to make this like top the peak of their trainings like to move for a little bit further and it's more the most challenging in the fighter's life yes yes and of course your sister's fight on april 25th in lincoln of course that's we that obviously isn't happening now on, on april 25th but has have you guys found out when they are possibly looking at doing that could this potentially happen on the great fight island we've heard so much about Yes, it's a, such a such a good idea, such a great idea. And you know, from the first, I heard it from the first second. I I said like I definitely would be in there. I wanna fight in on the island, and I wanna train there. I wanna live there. I wanna spend my like time there. Definitely, island is for me. <laughs> you want to live on Foyt Island? I don't know. It's a, <laughs> you know you know. Um, I love to do my training camp in the place that it's like more suited for the climate for the like and if i have to fight on the island why i cannot train there for that probably it would be great to have training camp in there and then fight there and then stay a little bit extra time to recover after the fight how does it sound for me it sounds great <laughs> it sounds yes it does it sounds very good um I, I guess i guess there is a possibility that if this happens dana white has said that fight island is something uh, he's looking into of course and he, he will make it happen you got you were meant to fight jojo calderwood in, in june we know that uh, a leg injury and, and the subsequent surgery has has ruled you out of that it might be a possibility that you guys um or you could fight your next fight on fight island right Yes, yes, it could be. And I think it's, if it would be this possibility, I would be uh, like, um, I would be more than glad to do the fight in there. Definitely, definitely, for sure. Well, 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 how is your leg? Um, I know I, I saw your interview with my great friend Ariel Hawani and, and you were saying this is the first time you've ever had surgery. That must be uh, quite a daunting situation for an athlete as elite as yourself to uh, go under the knife. Was it, was it a scary situation at all? Yes, uh, you know, it was the uh, very first time I have in like all kind of surgery and I was not scared. I was not like, um, not, not at all because I knew that um, the doctor who are like my surgeon, he is a great speciali uh, sp uh, specialist in this, like all this kind of um, injuries and um, Everything was so good. The UC team, the medical team, they are so great. They have worked like so, um, so good that uh, nothing was something like scared me or something like that. So right now I'm in the point when I have to make my... Uh, 
not yet actually for now i still have to uh rest and don't do any kind of movements for the leg before it's healed up all the way completely and then i will start to build my way back to the my fighter shape well yeah i mean what was it i heard that you said you said that this happened and was it during your last fight or was it before your last fight so you know it was um like partially before uh, like in the fight it was a partially but uh in uh, next like one month after the fight it's actually happened and uh, it it's actually happened why i had to do the surgery that's incredible considering the performance you put on against Caitlin Jukagan right that is uh, that's crazy you know, it's like it's uh, injuries. It can happen not only because of you are like doing something crazy movements or whatever. If in general you are, uh, if you are using a lot of kicks, uh, like different kind of e kicks, different angle of kicks, it's uh, already put in the risk of being like in this uh, situation. And you and you know, I love a lot to kick in all kinds of <laughs> angles. So this is this is this this happens. It's happened. Uh, you can just think like to prevent, but uh, you never know what's actually gonna happen. I didn't want this like injury to happen for sure, but it's happened. Now I'm on the way to my recover, and I definitely will be like uh, in my fighter shape, the same or even better for my next fight. Yes, yes, and, and I believe that you were saying that August was a realistic time for you. You think you'd be ready to compete in August? Is that still the case, or uh, has th have things changed? Uh, yes, this is what like doctors told me end of August and um, a little bit probably I have to rush things for the end of August. But I think, yes, this is very real date to my return. And um, yeah, it's just um, it's just I have to work a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. Maybe, maybe so it could be later, you're saying? Because I know a lot of Irish fans, uh, they were going to do UFC Dublin. And when the news came out that you would be back in August, they were like, oh, my God, let's get Valentina <laughs> Shevchenko to fight here. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? I think it would be amazing as well. So there is so many places that I still want to visit. And definitely Ireland, it's one of them. Amazing, amazing. I was just thinking when, when all of this stuff happened, um, before I knew that your, your leg was injured, I was thinking it's a pretty good situation the Shevchenko sisters have because they spend all their time together anyway and they have two great sparring partners for each other even if this situation was the case. I mean, I know you can't train now because of the injury, but it wouldn't have been too bad for you guys, right? No, definitely, definitely, yes. It's like... Um Mm, we have each other we can train with each other we have our home gym we have our mats here so uh, it's actually not that like challenging for us because we have our coach he like 24 7 with us so <laughs> we have everything that we need for uh fight preparation so yeah <laughs> so, so when you get injured is your sister like oh come on valentina you know i've got a fight coming up <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! 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 She's understanding. She every time, um, like injury is injury. It's not something fun. It's not something like um, uh, that 
depends on what kind of injury when, for example, right now she's understanding that um, to heal myself, she have to she has to understand it. And uh, luckily for us, we have all this like um, help around, like in general, uh, everything. And um, she totally understand how things happen. She was uh, before in the same situation and she know what I feel. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. It, this is, um, I was wondering, um, you know, you have been on this crazy run ever since you won the title. You, you have become... In four fights, you've become the champion, and now we consider you one of the greatest champions in the sport right now. Is it nice like, to be able to just relax and maybe take a step back? I know I, ideally you don't want to be injured, but has that allowed you to kind of take a step back and appreciate how far you've come in, in such a short amount of time? Um, for me, of course, every time, number one, it was to be active, to be in the gym training, to have this like fighter spirit every time to be able to perform myself and like to enjoy this, like as a fight week, the fight by itself, after fight feelings, everything. But um, being in this kind of situation, like, you know, I cannot uh, I cannot change it. I cannot turn time like back. I cannot do anything. That's why I have to think positive, right? I have so much free time right now. Uh, that's why I was thinking like why I have to sit and just like suffer and thinking, oh, why it's happening to me. No, take your time. Uh, do, for example, I decide to go deeper in my like, for example, study what I'm learning right now. I every time would, wanted to spend more time doing like things, but I never had enough time. And now I have all free times that's around me. So I doing my ukulele playing, I learning my Thai language. I um, every time wanted to learn how to sail. And now I have opportunity to uh, study it um, at least in theory, because it's a lot of studying in theory as well. Well, and after everything will end, I hope I will be on the water and sailing and yeah. like do the things that uh, I every time was dreaming to do. That, I think that's amazing how you can motivate yourself so much. I mean, like, I think it's pretty common for fighters to be hard on themselves if they've been injured. Like, oh, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. I think it's amazing uh, that you set <laughs> your mind on all these things. And I guess that's why you're a champion, right? <laughs> I hope so. I hope because I think I think it's very wrong to sit and put yourself in the depression mm. and think, oh, how miserable I am or whatever. No, it's wrong. It's wrong because it's the life. It's so much. It's so so much things to do to learn to explore even like with internet you can like explore whatever you want to study whatever you want to see different things that's for, for example you never had time to do it and now take your time and do whatever you wish don't sit at the house and be for like frustrating and just eat and gain weight no 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 keep moving the life is continuing <laughs> i needed to hear this valentina because i'm eating way too much right now you, it's like you're speaking directly into my soul <laughs> no no you know you can eat you can eat whatever you want but if it's make you happy this is the point yes doesn't feel guilty no 
if you are happy, that then everything that you are doing, it's right. <laughs> cheese makes me very happy. So I'm going to I'm going to take that as you telling me to go and eat lots of cheese after this interview. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's, uh, it, it's interesting, right? Like when I'm thinking about you, I think everybody sees you as the cream of the crop right now in martial arts. And I was just wondering, and I know there is, you know, other storylines involved here, but just from the point of view of the fight, do you do you get inspiration or or, or motivation when when you see um, Zhang v Yunjacek that fight? Uh, so many people in the sport, um, you know, commented on what a great fight this is, one of the greatest women's fight ever. Like, I mean, even in the situation you are, the champion, the very top of your division, can you take something from that when you watch that fight and and gain motivation or inspiration from it? You know, definitely, I feel good when people around, they're speaking so good about female martial arts. Because all we together, we are doing the same thing. We are, like, doing what we love. We love martial arts. And, of course, when, like, majority, the whole fans, they are speaking about female fights, like, as a top, and, so, like, it's the best, what can happen ever. It's, yes. of course, it's something that you feel good and you feel very, very uh, nice about it. And do you do you agree that it's one of the great fights in in um, in, in in MMA? Uh, you know, um, definitely it was very good fight, very entertaining fight. Uh, a lot of like back and forth, hitting each other, a lot of blood, a lot of swelling, a lot of all of these things. But in my opinion, uh, like to be. Um, to consider a fight the greatest fight in the martial arts history, history, mm. not like just a month, not just a week, it's a history. It has to be something more in there. It has to be uh, not just um, punch, 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 punch. It has to be more technique when you see uh, the tactic as well when you see different technique not just straight punch and straight kick you have to see more you have mm. to see grapple you have to see wrestling you have to see knockdowns you have to see like all of these things and i would say we had fights like female fights it was uh, something like um, probably the uh, duration less, but in their like meaning of um, like ap techniques applying there, it was more. Even if we are speaking about um, two fighters, Joanna and Bailey, I think the fight Joanna and Michelle Waterson, it was much more interesting to watch. You know, yes, it was everything in there. It was grapple. It was the moment when uh, when. Um, uh, Michelle was on the back of Joanna, almost had the rear naked choke on her. Mm. So these like details, what makes the fight really great fight when it was like here, just a little bit more, just a more. Even the fight Misha Tate against uh, Holly Holm, Amazing. you know, you never know how it end, and it ended fifth round like the situation when Misha had to do whatever she had the fight Ronda with um, Holly Holm the same thing you know it's like more technique more more tactic more technique more uh, 
intrigue, something like this. Not just like street fight, you go and punch each other, like blood and swollen. And maybe it's something that uh, surprised the majority because uh, female fights, it's more like uh, kind of like not that much swelling and fights uh, involved in their, in uh, female fights, I mean. But um, I think for the greatest fight, if we are comparing male and female, it has to be the same, the same scale, because you never say about uh, male fight is just like if it's just punches in straight kicks, straight punch, straight kick. That is a great fight, right? Mm-hmm. No, you say the great fight of male fights when you see grapple, wrestling, technique, tactic, all everything. I have to, uh, I, I have to say that if you scale great, you have to scale the same, the same, the same um, things that you have to consider that's amazing thank you so much for that insight it's it's really interesting to hear you speak about that and i completely understand where you're coming from just just two more questions valentina before i let you go and thank you so much again uh for speaking to us it's a great pleasure to have a champion uh like yourself on the show um i guess the the next question is do you know that it's going to be Calderwell next or or is that still up in the air do you not know who, who the next opponent is or do you guess it, it will be Calderwell? Calderwood, sorry. I s- uh, I think it's uh, still going to be Jojo because um, why not? Uh, this fight, it still um, should be heaven because I think it's going to be fair for her as well because she was uh, one next on the line and like she has to be the same person. That's why I'm more leaning towards that it's going to be she. Amazing, and is that a, is that an interesting fight for you? Like, I mean, does does this? I'm sure all the fights are interesting, of course. But is there anything particularly interesting about JoJo's style for you? Uh, you know, um, right now I'm not focused on uh, studying JoJo. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> yes. I I just like every time that I have my opponent, I'm okay. It's good, and when I start to uh, like um, about two months away from the fight, two and a half, I then I just start to open her fights and look for her technique, tactic, and everything. But before that moment. I try to enjoy my life. And of course, definitely, Jojo, she's a great fighter. She has uh, um, very good experience everywhere. And I mean, in martial arts, in the ground, in the stand-up, in everything. And I have to take her very serious. Definitely, yes. And But to uh, be at the point when I ha- where I have to study her very carefully, I'm still not in there. <laughs> well, that's ama- I hope you have the best time ever now you, you don't have to work at all you keep on doing your ukulele learn how to sail do all the toy language you can um, I think it's amazing <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're an inspiration inside the octagon and outside so it's a great pleasure for us to speak to you again Valentina thank you so much Thank you so much, Peter. Have a g- great day for you <laughs> You too, you too and I hope that leg gets fixed very quickly Thank you. And eat a lot of cheese. I will. <laughs> and be happy. I and will. be happy. <laughs> this has made me very happy, Valentina. Thank you and goodbye. Bye-bye, Peter. Bye. Thank you. And wasn't it a pleasure to have the champ back? What a legend. My God. Um, she's a really inspirational person. My God. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Always a pleasure to have her on the show. Amazing as always. Was she in Peru? No, she is in... Vegas. Um, I think she's in Vegas now. She was in Arizona for a while. 
Um, but one place she definitely wants to be, Niall, is Foyt Island, as she told us. She's telling us, if there's a Foyt Island, I'm moving to the motherfucker. So, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised with her. Like, I mean, definitely. this Foyt Island thing, right? This is this is one of those moments that completely kind of sums up how absolutely batshit this whole thing is. Um, it's like something from an 80s B-movie. Um, but it's one of the things that Dana White said over and over again throughout this cancellation yeah, is fight island is real guys the reaction to the ufc 249 cancel first words out of his mouth on the instagram page fight island is real um always after the sale pizza yeah <laughs> and to be honest you like you can talk all the shit you want again about him and i'll fucking i'm, I'm repeating myself here but people are fucking talking man. like this has gone all over the world again dana white never fight island it's real it's real it's real guys you know, people is are speculating. Listen, I wouldn't be surprised with that fuck. He'll pull off something like he'll be on a boat or something. Like I think we're we're thinking it's like fire. Do you remember that documentary on Netflix that released last year? Some, <laughs> yeah, some exactly. shit like that. And I guarantee it'll be some crock of shit in fucking Hawaii and some fucking crap area or some shit like that. I don't oh, know. Uh, given Hawaiians abuse there, holy shit. But no, I can understand. You know, let's be real about it for a minute. I can understand, you know, what obviously he wants to do and implement a safe fighting environment so he can put on fights, get into that mainstream, make a shitload of money, um, be the only fucking sport in the world with event on, as we said for the last four or five weeks. But the question is, I think, is is whether fighters are going to buy into this and, and, and want to go out there and live on this fight islands. Man, the thing is, every single fighter I've talked to wants to go and do it. Now, exactly. granted... I think the payment issue, the remuneration situation in MMA is very different in most sports. Like, I mean, as we've talked about every week, um, Wayne Rooney, all these other big uh, celebrity athletes from different sports, like they're in no rush to go back. Like yeah. they they want to stay safe. They're earning plenty of money. They don't need to uh, fight for a living like these guys do. But um, but I think the problem there with that is and that situation is is there's so many. Big organizations losing money at the moment. If the players aren't paying, they're going to have to look at wage cuts, all that sort of thing. So it is in their interest, obviously, to get back in there and start playing. I think we're going to see. Ah, but it, it's very different, though. No, I, I know, I know, it's very different. But like, I mean, a lot of these fighters aren't making a living wage. I know. Yeah, I understand that. But like, what, the, these guys get paid in a week what a fighter could only dream of getting paid in a year. I mean, it's 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 very different. Um, but the the. The thing I, I think about this is, I, I do believe he's going to try and do this. He's a madman. Like, he's yeah, going to no, try and do Fight it. Island. He's 100% going to do it. He's going to, everyone's going to be talking about it like they were talking about UFC 249. And I think he's going to try and load the cards. Mm. I think, like, he will try and put on the most outrageous fights he can. Um, There's obviously going to be travel restrictions. We're seeing Jose Aldo likely can't travel if that fight is to happen against Henry Sudo. Excuse me. They're already talking about um Dominic Cruz yeah, coming right. in there. But, I mean, is there a danger? Like, I mean, we're talking about the the guys lower on the food chain, right? The people who don't don't make an awful lot of money out of this. Is there a chance that those guys are completely left in the dark here because Dana's too busy putting on all these blockbuster fights just to underline that he will do this and he will do it in the most emphatic way he can? Yeah. It's simple as that. Yeah, they are. Because, as you said there... When he's has that spotlight and, and that empty space, he's going to put on the best fights he can possible, or the best athletes that are available to him. And it's not going to be um, 
you know, the guys that are fighting on fight nights at the bottom of a card that are going to get selected for these cards, certainly not, in my opinion. And maybe sort of you took me up wrong what I was saying there earlier on. Like, he has to put on fights. If we believe the reports that were true coming out, the WMEIMG or, you know, right. financial sort of restraint, it puts more pressure on these businesses and organisations, as I was saying, like the smaller clubs, like we're looking at in the Premier League, that are obviously paying these guys a lot of money. I know it's a different scale, but in terms of WMEIMG, that's their business. They're in the entertainment business, and there's not a lot of that going on at the moment. So there is going to be pressure on these organizations to get back in business as soon as possible. And listen, it's not that much out of the ordinary, PT, because you know the Premier League are talking about doing it now today, putting up a um, you know Wembley and, and around St George's Park as a quarantine base for the players so they can go in and finish the Premier League because there's clubs literally hemorrhaging money at the moment. They they live on a week to week basis. Um, I think Bournemouth were a prime example of that. I think their whole playing staff have had to take 30% pay cuts. I know it's a different level, but they've let go a lot of people that are working around the football club as well in terms of secretaries, ticketing and sales and stuff like that. So yes, there is the pressure on these guys to get back in as quickly as possible. And if this quarantine set up in the Premier League, um, they can do it. You know, as you said, who the fuck is to, to back against Dana White? With all these contacts as well, all these guys like fucking Harry... Emmanuel and all these dudes up top and these guys are that can make shit like that happen as, as ridiculous as it may seem and that would be brilliant yeah, for them they're in I, the entertainment industry fight fucking island for fuck's sake <laughs> yeah you know I feel I mean? like um, like I mean they'll be able to be better prepared as well like I guess like you were talking about the transparency earlier and and to a certain degree the the, the terrain was changing so quickly you could nearly understand not being able to keep every single person in the loop but I do think that's a real problem if, if, if yeah. the lesser paid fighters are, are left in the dark and they aren't going to get to compete they're not given some type of a wage to get by on I can see that being a serious PR problem for the UFC um, look what fights like I mean this is like we're not we're not saying like yeah fight Ireland we know we understand the, the gravity of the situation around the world but that doesn't matter. It clearly doesn't matter yeah. if the owner of Disney and ESPN have to get onto Dana to stop the event. So he's probably going to go ahead with this. Yeah. What fights would you want to see there if this is going down? I don't. I'll be honest. I don't want to see Tony and Habib there. I want to see that in a in a stadium with with people. Yeah. Um, you know. Sometimes it could be a long time before we get back yeah. to that. But just in my head. For the sense of occasion, I of mean, what's the point? What's the point in rolling the dice on it in such a mad situation when we don't even know yeah, I, how Habib is fixed, right? I, I agree. I think, you know, that's the fight everyone wants to see. In a, imagine that in, you know, Las Vegas Stadium being the first fight there. It, it'd be unreal off the charts. We want to see that with a crowd, obviously. But, you know, I think there's a lot of things that obviously have to happen yet. And, you know, Dana City's very close to getting this over the line. I don't really buy into that, that he's close to getting this over the line. I think it's going to take a month. It's going to take two months um, before he even really knows how to sort out this logistically. Um, what kind of fights would I like to see? I think you're looking at the guys that are training at the moment, the guys that have had fights scheduled around this time. You're looking at Colby Covington, um, you're looking at Tyron Woodley, fights like that. So Leon and, and Woodley is gone because your mate wants a fight? I mean, that's terrible for him. Well, listen, I think it is gone, and I think you have the visa issues as well, and getting over to the US can yes, be a problem. That so, is, that's a real issue, people so, getting to the US. I think that's. I think we could see all US fights, or yeah, all, whoever's totally, in the US, totally. basically all that's happening, right? Totally, that's all I see happening is, is US-based fighters fighting. I don't see anyone really else from around the world. It's too much of a risk 
bringing people in, having the quarantine for two weeks. And if anything else was to happen, if they're on this quarantine island and it spread, it would be an absolute fucking, as much as a bad as a PR disaster as it probably is at the moment, it would escalate. Quarantine phones. island you're going for, yeah? There you go, quarantine island. They'll start eating. They'll start eating. Quarantine, you're flying people all over from different states to come together. They'll start, and e- together they'll start eating, e- eating each other. And, and, and like, who knows what would happen? You know, I, I don't know. But yeah, that's how I feel about it. And I think we're looking at, you know, maybe Alistair Overeem. Alistair, I think, actually flew out to fucking. Yeah, that uh, was. Yeah, the poor fella. <laughs> So he's quarantined in two ways. So he's a month out of action. Like, I don't know, man. It's it's all over the shop. We, we shouldn't really be entertaining any fights, we've said, for weeks. But, but this is batshit. Like, I mean, what, what do you want to do at this stage? Like, we've been going on for a month about, like, this yeah. shouldn't happen, blah, blah, blah. I mean, <laughs> this is so fucking crazy now. Yeah. We don't even know. Like, we have no idea what, what's going on. Dana has literally said he's not telling us anything. Like, yeah. I mean, he said, I'm not telling them anything. Well, I think he so, needs, yeah, like, I think he just needs to just be a bit more transparent. If he's telling people what to do, they can make arrangements, they can make plans, they can, instead of just having this lingering fucking doubt in your mind, and imagine, like, it's bad enough for us, but imagine that as a fighter, having to deal with that as well. Like, Tony Ferguson, man, you gotta get, like, that guy's had so much fucking shit to deal with in the last two weeks, and he's still cutting weight, the mad bastard, apparently. Like, what the fuck, do you know what I mean? Like, unbelievable shit that's going on. Um, that is the most Tony like, Ferguson thing ever, ever. like couldn't like, wait for a fight that that's isn't why even you, happening. you gotta love the guy and I think that's why people are finally copping on to what a great character he is what a unbelievable fighter he is and, and uh, he's getting a lot more traction and I'm happy for him because he deserves it. he gets treated like shit by the UFC as well which pisses me off so um, out, of, out of all the things out of Dana White's mouth there is one thing that I think we can take to the bank uh, that he will be the first sports back yeah. <laughs> oh yes like, I mean he is like a man possessed H- home run that. if you can bet on that betting it now lads because it's, it's definitely going to happen and listen what, what, what fights would you like to see then Pete right because I think you know Like, realistically, you're looking at people that are based in the US. No one outside of it, literally. And and I think that's a fair enough statement to make because quarantine and all that bollocks with flying and trying to get there as well is going to be an issue for everyone. I don't really know, man. Like, I don't... I don't know what... Like, I guess they're going to try and do Cejudo and Cruz. Uh, That's the word, anyway. Um, I love that fight. I like it better than the Allo fight, to be honest with you. I don't don't know about either of them, you know? But, um... I think I think it's gonna have to be US based fighters. I, I honestly don't have a fucking clue. Like they might do Gaethje a- Ferguson again if if Tony's down for it. Um, I think Tony should sit out now and just hold his horses and maybe even wait for you know that that McGregor fight they might do in the summer if this shit clears up. And I think that's the way they are gonna go if if this shit clears up. They'll do Connor and, and Tony um, for the interim title. That'd be a, that'd be a huge fight. It just feels like it just wouldn't feel right watching Conor McGregor walk into a some type of empty island, empty room to have a fight. Like, you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> he's so big. Like the show with McGregor is so yeah, huge. You yeah. know? It just, well, it just listen. Doesn't... Let's fingers crossed. We're we're out of this by July. We're not probably going to be, but yeah. Listen, we can always hope and pray that, that we are. But yeah, you know, I'd love these fights to be in front of a crowd. But you know, as they say, business must go on, and business is television at the moment and, and, and that craving for live sports. So that's why I think Dane is going to totally press ahead with this. And um, I reckon the, the biggest fight we'll see in the next number of months, if we see any fights at all, is, is probably going to be, you know, Kamar Usman and, and Colby Covington, that welterweight picture, in my opinion. Yeah, it will be huge. It will be huge. Well, let's get on to um, our interview with Sean O'Malley, uh, who stopped. Well, you guys have been pestering us uh, about the UFC Dublin situation with Sean O'Malley. Um 
We've had a lot of fighters on here talking about. It. We've had on the A side, we had Brian Keller talking about. It. We had Mirab Devilashvili talk to Mike Heck about Sean O'Malley. He is a wanted man at 135, and the, you can draw a lot of parallels between him and McGregor, as far as I'm concerned. A guy who has yeah, yet to definitely. kind of get into those rankings, and he's already the first name on a lot of people's lips. A huge deal, a great guy. Uh, we, we got to pick his brain for about 20 minutes, and we were very, very happy to get him. So here's uh, Sean O'Malley, and we're going to have a discussion about prospects outside of the UFC and how they might be affected by this uh, when we come back. So listen to this with O'Malley, and we'll be back in 20 minutes. And now we are joined for the first time on Eurobash by one of the biggest prospects in the whole sport. One of the most charismatic fighters in all of the UFC. It is none other than Sugar, Sean O'Malley. Sean, how are you, sir? Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm doing good. It's uh, Monday. I love Mondays. Really? Mondays? Oh. I mean, a lot of people dislike oh, yeah. the Monday. Why do you like Monday so much? I just, it's a good week ahead. You know, Saturday, Sunday, you don't really train as much. So, you know, you kind of just recover from the hard week. And now my body feels pretty good and I'm ready to train. Um so I, I, I enjoy Mondays. That is a fantastic mindset to have. Um, and I know uh, that extends a lot more beyond Mondays for you. But how was this whole isolation treating you? You seem to be in good form. Yeah, I'm doing really good. I, I you know, I feel bad for, you know, a lot of people are suffering. I just, you know, I don't really, my life hasn't changed much. So it's, you know, I've just been training and chilling, not doing a whole lot. So. Just you know, my life hasn't changed much in the sense of I just pretty much do the same thing I would be doing whether this the whole situation was happening or not. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I actually love your attitude. Um, I I I was reading recently your your interview with my colleague Damon Martin, and you know all that stuff with Usada. I'm not going to get back into it, of course. I know you're blue in the face talking about it at this stage, but I mean the fact <laughs> you ho- no, you hold no ill will towards them. You're just all about what's in front of me rather than what's behind you. Um, but but I, as much as I commend you for that, you were one of the first guys I thought of when this whole thing went down and it was into this lockdown situation. We don't know when the fights are going to happen. Like, th- Does it nearly feel like a cruel joke sometimes? <laughs> like After getting back to winning ways in such spectacular fashion to have this new roadblock, that of course is affecting the whole world, but just for yourself, um, is it like this This is crazy? How, how, how am I getting all these blocks put in front of me? Yeah, I don't feel like that yet because even after this fight, my you know I talked to Sean Shelby. I said I want to be on the April eighteenth card. He said no, we're gonna we're gonna save you for the international fight week in in July. So so far, it hasn't really affected me in, in a sense to where I'm not gonna be able to fight again. Mm. So hopefully by July we'll be able to fight. Um, but yeah, I feel I feel uh, I'm just gonna keep improving and. Coming off that big win before everything got locked down was huge. Yes. That was that made that really put my put me in a good headspace and a good mindset. Just just you know finally getting to show that all this talk, all this stuff, you know, all this hard work's paying off. So it was good to be able to prove that before all this got shut down. If I wasn't able to fight, that would have really you know that would have been tough. I would have to dealt with some different emotions. But right now, I feel good. Yeah, I was actually I was actually thought I was you know obviously such a such a 
um, emphatic performance against Quinones, and I was kind of laughing at the like, fact that you you seemed to think it was, you know, it was like anything. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, but now that you've got a, a bit of time, are you more like, wow, holy shit, I really did. I turned it on that night. Like, I mean, it seemed like it didn't shock you as much as it shocked everyone else. I know you uh, poo-pooed the talk of uh, ring rust and everything, but um, it seemed that the time yeah. you, this was what you expected, you know? Yeah, I, I expected that you know, my first two UFC fights too, to just go in there. You know, I feel like I'm a first round finisher kind of fighter. You know, I look at my record and it kind of shows that, but, um, I I was healthy for the most part. Like I was the most healthy I'd ever been going into a fight that night. So, and I was strong. I felt strong. I felt confident. Um, my, my first two UFC fights, I definitely didn't feel strong. I never really did a strength and conditioning. I did conditioning. I always am, you know, in the best shape I can be in, but, for that fight, I really felt like a world champ, like world class athlete. Um, so I, you know, I've been out for two years, two years and you know four days or whatever it was, and then I go in there for two minutes and two seconds, and I was just I wanted to fight more, I wanted to show more skill, but I at the end of the day, you know, you can't, you really can't complain about getting in a fight, making a good amount of money, and not being injured. So it's I, I had nothing to complain about. I just really wanted to show more of my skill. Yeah, for I mean, myself, you know, because I I watched I've watched I literally <laughs> I watched my uh, contender series fight and then my my fight against Andre this morning. I'm a I'm just a huge fan of that character that 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 superhero I build up and then I get to go perform. It's like I build all these superpowers and then I go to the go to perform in the cage and then as a fan myself, I get to go watch that. I've watched my fights more than anybody's ever watched their fights. I watched my fight more than anybody's watched my own fights. So, um, I'm a fan of myself and I was just hoping, you know, I, I've watched that last fight so many times cause it's two minutes long. So I have to start watching the walkouts now. It's enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, it's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it too. Um, believe me, I've watched it a number of times. Maybe not as much as you have, but uh, one of the things that really <laughs> sticks out to me is is the composure for that fight in particular. I mean, like it's it's like you're in the Matrix. Um, you're sitting way back. Your eyes are really open. You're so focused, and and you, it's like you're seeing everything he's he's coming with before it gets near you. Is, is that something like? Is that a mentality thing, or is that just from miles on the clock and sparring sessions and stuff like that? Where do you get that kind of composure from? <laughs> I think that really came from the two years out, just the meditation and the the breathing, and the the cold the cold plunge and the, you know, just learning so much in like on the inside, and I just I, I feel like I can let go, and just let my higher self take over and and not not think when I'm in there. If you're thinking when you're in there, you're not you're too slow. So I feel like I'm really good about just letting go and flowing and just letting whatever happens happen in there and i think that that was just a really good showing of all the hard work i've put on the inside of of myself not just the training on the outside but the inside work i've done in the last two years dealing with the stuff i was dealing with getting in trouble for something i've never done not being able to fight for something for some reason that i never i never cheated i was getting called this i was getting called that i was suspended twice i was you know all this stuff i really had a dig deep into, into myself and you know figure some things out and, and try to figure out how can I still be happy with all this going on so I think I was just able to show um a lot of that 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was great to see you bouncing back like that because all of us, the media, the fans, we have so much uh, promise for you, right? Like, I mean, we were just hoping it would all go that way, and then, of course, it did. But, I mean, I, I'm wondering, Sean, uh, you seem like a, a very fun guy, as we, as we talked about, but this whole thing about Fight Island, um, is this exciting for you? It feels like some type of a throwback from a, an old kung fu film or something. Um, how do you feel about all this talk? Have you been keeping up to date with this stuff? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I would one hundred fighting on an island. You know, would be insane. I would have. I would be stupid to say I wouldn't want to. <laughs> you know, I really enjoy fighting in Vegas. There's not a whole match. Four fights have been in Vegas, so I've. You know, if if July comes around, that fight will be in Vegas. Hopefully, if this is still going on, I would for sure fight on an island. Um, I think that would be a really cool experience. I think it'd be a really cool vlog. You know, getting on the plane, yes. you know, flying there, just hanging it like it's probably just you and, and one coach. So me and me and Tim just cruising. I don't know. It'd be it'd be insane. It would be super fun, and I would love to do it. Did you have any feelings? Obviously, a lot was made. I mean, politicians getting involved, the New York Times writing about all this, uh, like scrutinizing the UFC for pressing on with two four nine. I know, obviously, it didn't happen, but um, you know. How did you feel about them kind of going against the grain, so to speak, and pushing forward till the very 11th hour, really, until Dana Dana's hands were forced, like he couldn't really uh, put on the event? I mean, were, was that just, did you admire the way they went about that, or, or how did you feel about it? Yeah, I, I haven't been paying attention too much to, to all of it. I know, you know, obviously Dana was trying really hard. And I think, you know, I look at Dane and I'm, I think that's so sweet. I think it's sweet that he's trying to continue to put on the fights. I don't think he was putting anyone else, anyone in danger. Um, you know, he's a businessman. He's, that's what the UFC is built on is just risking it. And, and um, I was excited for the fights. I thought it was sweet that he was continuing to try to put them on. And it's, if the fighter, you know, if a fighter doesn't want to fight, all they have to say is, no, I don't want to fight. Every single person on that card. I guarantee was like hell yeah I want to fight. Um, so I don't think, I think it was just got it was it, they should have been able to fight. Um, but I also haven't been paying attention to, you know, where's a hot like who's who's testing how many people who the death or I haven't paid attention to any of that. Right. So I don't really know. I don't know. I thought I thought it was sweet that he tried to put it on though. Yes, yes. I mean, I can remember directly after UFC 248, they were talking about International Fight Week, and you were like, maybe that's even too late. <laughs> you know what I mean? You were trying to get in another fight before yeah. then. Um, but I'll tell yeah. you one thing, Sean. Um, the fact that you're talking about International Fight Week, which of course is July, it's it's upsetting a lot of Irish people because they really wanted to see you on this UFC Dublin show. I can't tell you like, I know. how many times like we put up, who who do you most want to see on this show? Your name was one of the most prevalent, along with the likes of like Gunnar Nelson, who's an honorary Irishman, basically. You know, people would right, be right. more than happy to see him in the main event over here. Um UFC Dublin. What what are your feelings? It's August, obviously mid August. We're looking at here. Um, I, I'm guessing you don't want to really hold on to August if you can fight in July, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it, it International Fight Week in Vegas is just too perfect of a card to miss up to pass up on. But um, I, I always I've been saying like there's one other place I'd fight, and that's Dublin. Woo. Then uh, Vegas, I think it would be, you know, it'd be that would be insane. That would be just as insane as fighting on an island for me. I think it would be um, so fun, and I it'll happen. It's you know, I'm 25 years old. I have a long time. You know, I have a lot of fights left in me, so I, I think it will definitely happen. Um, you know, when the time's right and, and the cards right and the opponent and everything's right, so it'll happen. There's no doubt about it. 
but maybe not this time in August. But who knows? I'm not going to say yes or no. I just, I don't, I just don't know what's how yes. everything's playing out. Yeah, it's incredible. I can remember the first time I spoke to you was just before your full UFC debut. And you were kind of saying to me at that stage already, like you were like, after, you know, my hometown and a few other uh, US cities, I mean, Dublin, I mean, Ireland is, is one of my biggest kind of spots for followings. Uh, th- is that still the case? Do you still get a lot of fans from Ireland tuning into your feed? Yeah, I, it's more just like everywhere. Like when I stream on Twitch, there's people literally just from everywhere coming in on and saying saying what's up and greetings from lit everywhere i can't i i don't know it's it, it's insane it's so cool that it's you know my fan base has grown worldwide and it's exciting because it's just getting started like this is literally just the beginning i felt like that last fight was my debut wow. and i feel like we're just getting started so uh, i think it's gonna be you know a fun career I feel like the Irish fans uh, feel like they've got a special bond with you because of your second name, because of the green shorts. <laughs> so, so I feel like they it means even more to them, right? Like they've nearly, we've kind of been starved of UFC fighters from the region. We used to have like nine, now we've only got two, and now it's like they're looking for everyone they can take onto Team Ireland. So you have definitely been embraced by the people over here. I'm sure you know that already. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, and and you know I. Get get a little crap from that. Like you haven't even been to Ireland and stuff, and I haven't, and I would love to go. Um, but I mean, my last name's O'Malley, and, and I am Irish, so it's you know makes. And and how could you not love the Irish fans, especially from watching Con? I've been watching Connor all his fights, and he he comes to Vegas, and the whole crowd is Irish, and like how could I not embrace those Irish fans? How could I like not even for a business move, but just for I love being connected with my fans, and when you got a whole you know ireland's you know traveling to vegas for it, it's so cool and i'm and it, it's awesome that i can you know be a part of that in a way so i think it's really cool you uh remind me of of connor in many ways in in the fact of the implications you're having on the division before you're kind of right up in that title conversation like i know you're not going to respond to the various call outs but i mean it's crazy how many people are calling you out, right? Like Brian Keller, Mayor of Devilishvili, uh, Nathaniel Wood even um, expressed interest uh, recently on this show. Like, I'm not going to ask you to respond to these guys, but surely that's a good sign, right? You know, when when, every, when you're a wanted man this division, you're only after getting back uh, into activity and everybody in the division seemingly yeah. wants to fight with you. Like, what does that say about your standing in the, in at Bantamweight here, Sean? I got called out by nine guys when I was out for two years. There's nine <laughs> bantamweights that called me out. So, um, yeah, some of them are going to help my career. Fighting some someone like Brian Keller is not going to do much. Um, I think he's ten and five or something like that. He looks like he smokes cigarettes. He just he doesn't. He's look. He's not going to do anything for my career. So I'm I'm definitely looking for smart fights and people that are going to up me. Not you know I go smoke him. Then what? They're like cool. That kid sucks. So it's like pointless to talk about guys like that uh but yeah it's good to be getting called out by a bunch of people i you know that means that's a good thing it's exactly what happened to connor he was called out by everyone um i think the more i fight the less i'm gonna get called out the more dangerous people realize i am right now people still think like oh we just i'm gonna take him down and that's gonna be another fight that's not the end of the fight i will choke someone if they take me down i train jujitsu more than i do anything jujitsu is pretty much my life i love jujitsu i train it all the time I train with really, really good people, um, and no one's really, you know, I haven't really got to show that too much. Besides, when I grappled with Takanori Gomi, 
Um, I, I did went eight minutes with Gilbert Melendez. You know, I, I'm, I've been really consistent with my jujitsu. So for, for people that think that they just got to take me down, like that's just not, not the case. I'm either going to stand right back up and knock them out or I'm going to finish them on the ground. So me, my confidence is just as high on the ground as it is on, on the feet. So it, and it's nice that I kind of haven't really got to show that yet. It's still kind of a secret. I can talk about it and people know it, but until it happens, if I go out there and choke the next guy, you know, it's not a secret anymore. They're like, okay, that's, that's real. Now what? So it's still like in my, it's still a weapon I have that people are going to try to take me down. And they're going to go unconscious. I saw, who did I see speaking about this? Um, you at Quintet. I saw another fighter, like a, maybe a, a better known fighter for grappling, say, than yourself, uh, an established black belt kind of talking about, holy shit. <laughs> Sean O'Malley can grapple as well. He was like blown away by this. Is, is is that a mark to how much you've improved again over the two years rather than, you know, from where you were when we first saw you in the UFC to where you are now? Is that a completely different story when it comes to grappling, as you say? It's night. Yeah, it's night and day difference. It's well. it's so much different. Like, um, Augusto Mendez won um, Nogi Worlds. The Mendez brothers, one or, and a half, right? Yeah, ADCC last, last year. And I was one of his main training partners. We're doing 10-minute rounds. Holy shit. We're going Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're doing 10-minute rounds. You know, not just one, not two, three, four, five, six, 10-minute rounds. And we're going hard. We're doing competition training, like with real jujitsu. Um, so when you see a you you, you see another high level black belt talking about my jujitsu, they can see that oh that's that's real jujitsu. That's that's pretty high level. That's not just you know a lot of the fighters don't have good um, real jujitsu. They have kind of MMA jujitsu, which is fine because that's what they're doing. But I think it's important to have real jujitsu in a fight. I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Um, I, I'm just wondering, you know, in terms of you saying, you know, you need to strategically see, like, you know, build yourself. You need to be selective about who your next opponent is in terms of what do they offer me. Is there anyone that you see there yet? Or is that is that something that will wait? And then, like, do, do you happy enough to just take the opponents UFC give you for the time being? Or is there someone where you're like, I would like him because that's going to move me to the next stage? Yeah, when we're about two months out, I think we'll kind of decide. We'll talk with the UFC and then figure out an opponent. Right now, it's just pointless. There's just yes. so if we have, <laughs> say we have an opponent right now, he could break his arm, he could get sick, he could do this. So it's for me, it's about getting better right now. It, it has nothing to do with who should we fight next. Um, once we're about two months out, we'll say okay, this is who this is. We're gonna talk with the UFC. We'll figure out who's coming off a win, who's available, who doesn't have a fight booked. Um, and all that, so I, I think that'll be good. Do, do you set yourself, like, in terms of, like, time milestones, I want to be in the title conversation by this time? Is there any, do you, do you have any idea, like, in your head when you map it out, when you will be kind of in that conversation on the verge of fighting for a title or knocking on the door of the title? No, yeah, it's, it's just so hard to say with fighting, especially after I broke my foot last fight and then I get suspended for two years for no reason. So it's, <laughs> yeah. hard, it's so hard for me to determine like to guess when when i'm gonna be doing that if everything goes as planned as everything goes as should um i should finish three more dudes two or three more dudes and i'll be i'll be knocking on that door for a title um you know you have when you have a lot when you have a good fan base like you can you know you can get you can get those title fights um so i think uh yeah three more finishes and i'll i'll probably be right up there there's just the division so stacked right now. There's so many really guys is. deserving of a title shot that it's, you know, I don't want to, I definitely respect everyone in the division. Um, and 
I just feel like I'm gonna come come I'm really gonna take over the division like Connor did and just be the be that guy, be that one that everyone wants to watch fight. So I think that's what's gonna happen in the next year and a half. So And do you have any feelings on there? Just finally, do you have any feelings on the likes of Cruz and Aldo being drafted in for a title shot? I know um a lot of people were upset about this given like, you know, the meritocracy they were saying Aldo should fight, Jan should fight. Um do you have any um do you have any bones with that situation? Like, do you, do you would you prefer to see them going the the meritocracy route than drafting in these big names to fight Cejudo? Yeah, I mean, personally, really, I I don't care. Um, <laughs> I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me who who fights who right now at at, at that level. Right, it just doesn't really matter. Um, as a fan, who would I rather watch Henry fight? I. I don't know. That's that's tough. I think it would it would be sweet to watch Cruz and and Henry fight. Henry's gonna be hard to beat. You know, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be he's gonna be hard to beat. So, it, I'd, I'll watch. You know, if he fights Aldo, if he fights Cruz, if he fights Yon, I think it'll be good. It'll be a good matchup for the, all those fights are sweet fights. Well, Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure to pick your mind once again, my friend. Um, I'm glad to hear that you are staying positive. Um, and congratulations again on your emphatic re-emergence um, with the UFC. Um, I wish you all the best, and I cannot wait to see you back in the octagon, my friend. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Let's hope it's in Dublin, eh? Could be. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Could be. All the best, sir. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Have a good bye. one. Bye-bye. And thank you so much to the sugar man, Sean sugar. O'Malley. Great to see him back, man. Holy shit. And what a way to return to the octagon against Quinones. They're um, absolutely devastating performance. And I'm really happy. Like, how many how many times have we talked about this on the show? Just how worrying the situation he was in, giving his time away. And, you know, for a long time he was saying, oh, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be better than ever. And I got to yeah. say, I was kind of like, are you though? I mean, two years off. And so happy that... Um, it's all worked out for him, and he seems to be still there as as a potentially one of the yeah, next definitely. great bantamweights, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Like the guy, um, as you said, is two years out, and you know, obviously, a total fucking nightmare for for any guy, especially his age when he's just had a couple of UFC fights. The height was real, but he's come back out, and the you know the maturity he showed with that performance, um, you know, came in starts Quinones, and in the interview as we just heard there as well to put it all behind him, not be bitter, not be negative, just shows the maturity and shows what kind of fighter he can become in the future with a mindset like that. And it's pretty scary to think how good Sean O'Malley can be if he can keep this momentum going on this run. And Listen, I'm, I'm surprised he doesn't have a massive chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I would be I would be you know? such a septic prick if yeah. I was him about the whole situation. Yeah. I'd be, you know me, Noel. It doesn't take me a lot to get on me high yeah. horse. No, but, <laughs> but it is. It's an amazing mindset to have and... and it's something that will get him places in that division and obviously killers row in that division as well. And there's so many good fights you can make for that kid, man. It's, it's scary to think of what the UFC can put on in terms of numbers going down the line. And I'd like, I'd like to see them um, go sort of the Bellator, James Gallagher S push where, you know, he, he's missed two years. Or I think he's 26 now. He's, he's no kid anymore, but I think still those two years out, we could have had four or five um, Sean O'Malley fights and Sean could be on that sort of, level of Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, if we had that time back. And I'd like to see them just level it out a little bit and ease the push. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess everyone's push is going to be eased in this situation, but I guess it's going to break there you go, some yeah. Irish people's hearts. Um, 
that he has this international fight week. Like he, yeah. as he said there, Sean Shelby told him it would be international fight week the next time he fights. And of course, that's so close to that August date. But on a positive note, he does say he definitely wants to fight yeah. there. He said that I want to fight there as much as I want to fight in Fight Island. It's just, yeah. you know, you can understand from his point 100%. of view, it's huge for him to fight international fight week. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I do. I totally understand that. You know, Vegas cards, not far from him from home. Uh, one of the biggest fight weeks uh, uh, of the year. But, you know, saying that, we, we'll take him in August as well. No fucking problem <laughs> if he wants in the co-main event spot. Definitely. And listen, I think any UFC Dublin cards, it's pretty big. Obviously, it's not as big as the International Fight Week, but the eyes of the world will be on him there as well. So, listen, it's only good things for Sean O'Malley down the line. And I just, I'm really interested to see who they're going to match him with next. I think that's that's going to be crucial in, in, in what they're going to do with uh, which the Sugar Sean by... Yeah, and he is. Like, you can tell he's even strategic about that. Like, yeah. he's poo-pooing Keller. He's poo-pooing all these guys. He's like, I need to take something from the person who I'm fighting next. I need it to do something for me. And look, I think Keller and him in Ireland, two lads with uh, yeah. second names. I fucking yeah. love that man. But uh, Definitely. like, And I think he's doing, and you mentioned it there, you know, it's sort of the McGregor thing. You know, he, 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 he's... He, he, he has that in his his, his locker. He's separating he, himself from the field exactly, already. Exactly, and he and he and he, he's picking at these guys on Twitter and seeing where what can what can I get out of this guy? Yeah. You know, where can we sell this? It's and always it's a very, very thing, right? When you see a Definitely. fighter like thinking like that. Definitely, one hundred percent, and we don't see enough of it. And I think he's one of the guys that certainly knows um, and how to elevate his brand and he's done it out off you know outside of the octagon as well i think sure he's making fucking treble the amount with his his gaming and all that and his 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 branding with uh the the cannabis companies and, and shit like that he's done an amazing job and you know his two years out he was cleaning up by the looks of it from what he was doing online so very smart guy um and i'm just i'm just pumped to see him back in there man i really like the kid he's a good lad we still have a really really big talking point left um in this show, but it was brought forth by the great <laughs> Graham Boylan, uh, Cage Warriors chief, who came on and he clarified a lot of things. I mean, I, I think when he put out this tweet about uh, a private location for events, people were like thinking he's going to put them on next week or whatever. He's saying, no, like, I mean, there's restrictions in place. Did he send you location? <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> but I mean, no, but I think this is important because people Definitely. are kind of jumping, jumping down his throat saying like, you're, how could you do this? Blah, blah, blah. He said, when the time is right. He did say this in the tweet. I guess it was everyone's just so worked up and they were pressing fast forward on everything, just trying to get to the get to the uh, the brass tacks of the situation. But good to hear that he has no intention of putting on an event with, with these current restrictions in place. And, and to be fair, he talked about the situation for the Manchester card. Like as far as he's concerned, they didn't break any laws. Like as, as we know, uh, Noel, the UK yeah. were deemed to be a bit behind the curve, right, in terms of lockdown and stuff like that. They called for a lockdown on the day that event was on. That was March 20th, and it would have come into effect at midnight, so March mm. 21st. And as Mason Jones told us a couple of weeks ago, they were out of the arena quarter past 11. Like yeah. He won the world title, like, go home. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just interesting to, to hear him talk about this. And um, again, look, Cage Warriors is one of the biggest feeders to the UFC in the world. Um, nearly 100 fighters have gone from Cage Warriors to the UFC. So very, very interesting to hear uh, Graham Boylan's take on how this could slow down the process um, of signings for the rest of the year, which makes perfect sense. But we're going to let him talk to you guys about it first, about it. and then we will have a little chat about it afterwards. So here is Graham Boylan. Um, always, always entertaining. Never fails to deliver on Eurobash, and this is no different. We'll see you in 20 minutes. And 
now we are joined by Graham Boylan, um, a man who is one of the most talked about promoters in the sport at the moment, of course, at the helm of Cage Warriors. Graham, first of all, Easter weekend, how did you find it under these um, unique circumstances, we'll say? PT, I actually love these circumstances. (laughs) I can't can't praise the government enough for locking everybody down and telling everybody to stay at home. Um, It's sad that it's taken these type of circumstances to make everybody just stay at home um, and do what they're told. And it's it's a bad state of affairs that everybody's in, the economy, people's health, etc., etc. But on a personal note, I couldn't fucking love it anymore. I'm sitting at home. i got nobody calling me. I'm doing my own work. I'm getting my task list. Knocked down five, six, seven a day, which is unheard of. And I'm going to end up at the end of this with nothing to do. Wow, that sounds a bit depressing, though. A man like you with nothing to do, it seems, I'd say that would lead you to a lot of trouble very quickly. <laughs> it will, it will. It will, it will get me very bored and I'll start looking at social media trying to annoy people and wind people up. So, if the, the social media people better hope that my task list stays uh, a little bit full, otherwise they're all dead. <laughs> right, so I, I guess we'll. Um... We'll, we'll get to the, the pressing issues, I guess. The, the last thing we heard was Cage War- Warriors had a private location set up, and you, you're playing your cards quite close to your chest, saying you could pull the trigger on it at any time. Um, is there any more information you can give us about this? Is the, the, um, the location still secured? Is this something you're still looking to go forward with? Yeah, I think, I think uh, that when we put that out there, it was taken a little bit out of context. I think the words were when the time is right um, in that message. We do have a location. I have two locations that I could use. And they will be used when the time is right, Um, which, you know, what happens in social media these days, it's it's taken out of context, it's read wrong, it's not read in full. Um, We have two locations. They'll be used when the time is right. The time being right is when restrictions are lifted and people can freely move around now people can actually work right now if you cannot work from home you can go to work Mm. fighters can't work from home can they no you know what are we going to do send a fighter to another fighter's house to say have a fight in your living room and we'll send a cameraman to look at it um you know fighters have to go somewhere to work i know it's not uh a key job but it's their work um the end of the day when the restrictions are lifted and people can move around we'll put shows back on when the fighters are ready the issue being the fighters have to be ready for these shows to go on and with gyms closed and fighters not able to mix with other fighters to get the sparring in and get that type of tra- that type of the training aspect of what they need to get ready to compete done and dusted it's going to take a bit of time so when the time is right we will pull the trigger and we will put the shows on um there's no slowdown from us we're ready to go the team is ready to go it's a case of when the fighters can get back in the gyms and start sparring you know we'll give them six to eight weeks and as soon as they're ready to go we're good to go i understand and that makes more sense now that you've uh 
when you talk about it because the first thing in that tweet of course was like i don't you you said i don't think we're gonna see crowds at events for a long time is that is that still the way you think it will go graham like yeah yeah i don't i don't think there is i'm sorry for interrupting but to, to nail it in the head i don't see crowds in arenas till after october november time well. and, and i i think that's even being optimistic you know this social distancing that's going on globally i i don't see how they break that down and within two or three weeks, go, okay, you can all go back to mix together now again. We can all have full arenas again. I, I don't see it happening. You know, it's, it's got to be a gradual process. But what I do see happening is people being smart about what they do and, you know, uh, going by the rules and regs that the governments are putting in place, following those guidelines to as much as you possibly can and, you know, get on with your life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, tell us about, uh, first of all, I forgot, we have to go back here. We had that uh, the event in Manchester, of course, um, at the last second, uh, moved to Manchester, Cage Warriors 113, a lot of casualties to the car, but it still went ahead. Um, you know, and, and we, we talked to two of the fighters from the, the event, Mason Jones, Paddy Pim, that they said they couldn't have been happier with the safety standards. But you come, came under a lot of heat for that. Was that was that a difficult moment for you in terms of, you know, you were telling us earlier that week it was the most um, you know, most challenging time for you as a, as a promoter trying to go forward with that. Was that a particularly difficult time with people all throwing their oars in while you, you guys tried to put this event on? PT, you know as well as I do, I don't give a flying fuck about anyone. <laughs> You, 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 how long have you been writing about Cage Warriors or be, have I been on your radar? Do you think that anything I've done in the past means I give a fuck about what anyone says? No, you know, we follow, no. we follow, yeah, we follow rules and guidelines, all right? And we followed rules and guidelines right down to as tight as we could possibly do within our means to do so. We put on an event in a country that was open for business. The UK was open for business. We carried on doing what the government allowed us to do. We took government advice. We took medical advice. And what happens is because other countries were shutting down and other countries were canceling events and businesses were closing down, the UK wasn't. And because people weren't living in the UK, they didn't get it. So they were all jumping on my back and on Cage Warriors back and saying it was wrong and and this and that, but you know, we just carried on business as usual because the, the the country was open. The country was open for business, so we carried on. The country got a six-hour notice. I think it was like five thirty or six p.m. on Friday, the twentieth of March, saying everybody is now restricted to social distancing and lockdown. Businesses are ordered to close. That happened at half past five, six o'clock on the day of the event. And you were told to do that by midnight that night. We were in the arena. The fighters were in the arena. And we were out of that arena by 11.15. We did nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong. We were advised by the medical team. We went along with the event. Everybody was tested. Everybody was kept separated. Apart from when they fought. And yeah. You know, the event went along. The media tore us apart before. The media shut their asses and loved every second of what we did while it was on. And the immediate the media tore us apart again afterwards. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, it's it's certainly um, an interesting thing. And and this, like as you have pointed out, like I mean, even from Ireland, we we've been kind of a lot of people have been talking about the fact that 
the UK has been a bit slower to lock down the process. And that's all accurate, what you said in terms of the restrictions they had put in place at the time. Um, and, and so that's what you're basically saying. Until those re- those restrictions that went in at midnight then, they've they've become more stringent in the last few weeks, I believe. But until those restrictions are gone, you have no intention to put on an event. Until those restrictions are finished. But we're, we're in the same boat as everybody else. Mm. We're a business that's closed. We can't do anything until the restrictions are lifted. And when the restrictions are lifted and people can move around, we put shows back on. You know, it's... <laughs> PT, there are builders working, construction workers, builders. Yes. I drive by them every day. Like, I'm still going to my office to do work or I'm going to my gyms to pick up mail. I have to do that um, for other circumstances that are going on with the businesses. So I'm out and about and I'm driving around. I'm not mixing anybody. I'm in my car. I'm going to my office or my gym, whichever one it is, and I'm driving home. There are construction workers still working today in the UK. They're not abiding by um, social distancing or whatever guidelines that are put in place. You know, I see them. I see them working on on driveways. I see them on scaffolding. There are people still working, okay? that That's going to get lifted in, say, I don't know what, three, four, five weeks, that gets lifted. People will be allowed to go back to work. They may stop mass social gatherings like arenas, concerts, Everything that goes on along those lines, football games, they can do it behind closed doors. That's where I see this going. We're going to have a restart with maybe four or five events that will be private closed-door events there where we will be doing the same type of specific medical testing over weigh-in day, split weigh-ins, event day, leading on to events to, to make all this happen. Yeah, that's it. That's that's um very interesting. I know a lot of people have been talking a lot about these events. I even saw all the fighters foiling in underneath the tweet going, "Put me on the card! Put me on the card!" Lots of them, man. Um, yeah. And I was wondering, right, because there was pivotal fights over the next couple of months. Of course, you guys announced to postpone the Birmingham and the Belfast shows, but the anticipation for the Belfast show was unbelievable. As uh, as Noel McGrath, my colleague, was saying, he said, it's nearly like the semi-final before UFC Dublin, and that's the final. Um, obviously, Reese McKee was a guy we talked about before, Graham. And, and then there was Morgan Charrier, who was meant to compete on 113 before his opponent dropped off. Is there a priority here for some fighters over others? Um, like some fights, some situations that need to develop before others um, when you're thinking about those four or five events? No, we, we have to do what's right, mate, and we have to go by the rotation that was in place. So, if, if we if we just turn around and say other fighters have priority over other guys just out of no specific reason whatsoever, we'd be complete and utter fucking assholes. <laughs> you know? We have to we have to go by the rotation that was in place. So the guys in the Birmingham card, we've got to look at that first. We've then got to look at the guys in the Belfast car. That's got to be looked at second. So we've got to try and stick to where guys were booked. Um, obviously, guys were only booked up to, uh, I believe, the Belfast show. So the guys booked in Birmingham and the guys booked on the Belfast show that have both been rescheduled to for dates further down the line, those fights will get looked at as a priority before anything else. Right, right. Um, like in terms of uh, a promoter, like do you do you feel like I know we've already talked about the challenges for that specific event, but this period here, do you think this might be like testing you more than any other situation you've ever been in? Because I mean, it, it's a tough job to keep these guys in work, as as you've pointed out, right? 
It is. But, you know, chaos is like a red flag to a bull to me. I, <laughs> that, 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 that show that we did in Manchester, that happened on, what, March 20th? For me, that was two Christmases in the space of three months. It was just absolute chaos. And there's nothing more I love than chaos. There's nothing more I love than being kept up late into the early early hours of the morning trying to keep things trying to keep things afloat. You know, when things are going normal, that's when I get bored. That's when I get switch off. That's when I decide that's when I decide to open up Twitter and stick something out to piss someone off. You know, I just get bored. When I'm kept busy, I'm at my best. And when I see chaos, that's when I rise. And that Manchester show, that was chaos. That was Christmas to me. That was here comes Saint Nicholas again. He's down. He's going to look after me again. He's give me another gift. And it's only March, you know. So and he's not stopped. I've got more. There's more coming. So I've just got to see which one's coming. Which which present I'm going to open next to see what we've got to do. One thing I wanted to ask you about, Roy. I think that one of the great things that you managed to happen there was get the the Darren Stewart and Fabinski fight on. Um, but I mean, do you do you think that could be an option for these shows? I mean, if there is restrictions in terms of travel and stuff, could could the UFC potentially let their uh, contracted fighters play out their contracts on Cage Warriors cards because they can't travel across? Is that anything like that been discussed? I'm sure it's something that can be looked at when the time is right. You know, it, nobody has a crystal ball at this time, um, so there's nothing that we can do to look into to say X Y Z is going to happen. Yeah. You know. I've been saying to the guys, um, a lot of the fighters are the guys who are on the UFC roster or guys in Cage Warriors roster. There are only two things in life you're guaranteed, and that's the tax man and death. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the two of them, everything else is unknown. So until we, until we get to the stage where this lockdown lifts and we can see what type of restrictions are in place, who can get where, what we can get done, then, you know, nobody knows. It's an unanswered, nobody can answer that question right now. Possibly, um, well, even more than you, uh, Dana White obviously got, came into huge scrutiny. Uh, New York Times, politicians getting involved. Um, crazy situation, really, in the lead up to him trying to put on UFC 249. I mean, what what did you think of that situation? I mean, you were in a very similar one, right? Like, um, do you sympathize with White in that situation or, or how do you feel about it? I sympathize with the whole staff there. White, uh, the matchmakers, the the logistics team behind it, everybody that was involved, the fighters, the coaches, the managers. Because once you get that bit between your teeth, it's very hard to let go. And the closer and closer you get, the more you think you're going to make this work. Um, and when it gets taken from you, it's part of it is kind of... It's bittersweet, right? Because part of it's like, okay, well, we tried. But then the other part is like, well, fuck you, we we're almost there. Um, and it's a, it's a tricky situation we're in because you got asymptomatic guys. you got people who test um, positive. you got people who are contagious. You know, the, the list goes on. But I strongly believe they would have put the highest of medical standards behind checking everybody that would have competed on that show or worked on that show, just like we did. You know, they're taking medical advice just like we took medical advice. Our show went ahead because I was speaking to my medical team every day, sometimes two or three times a day. At any point, if my medical team said to me, you can't do the show, I would have stopped the show. But if my medical team are on side and the, the, 
government is open for business, the country's open for business, we're going ahead doing what we're doing, you know? And I do sympathize with the work they put into getting that show going. Um, but, you know, the, the U.S. is a, a far bigger, more political country than what we did here in the U.K. So, um, and I, I do believe they'll be the first ones back, too. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, um, this might be a bit left field, is is Mads Burnell. Because when Morgan Charrier was on, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, he was saying, I think I'm going to fight for the title next because I don't think Mads is going to fight for Cage Warriors again. Now, I've heard nothing more about this, but he, Morgan was kind of saying, you know, he, he was supposed to fight me. He didn't want to defend the title. I think he can only do that once. But if, he, if it comes down to the next fight and he says, I don't want to defend it again, he'll probably get, have it stripped. I mean, is that just Morgan kind of spitballing, essentially? Or, or is there a situation there with Mads? The featherweight champion I, have no I, I, I have no idea uh, where Morgan's intel is coming from. <laughs> um, but from our point of view, Mads Burnett is a Cage Warriors champion. He's a contracted Cage Warriors champion. He's got uh, three, maybe two or three fights on his contract with us. Um, our understanding of the situation with Mads was he was taking time out to let his injuries heal. Um, and he needed a break because he had three or four fights too close together. He went from camp to camp to camp. And the reason he wasn't going to be available for the Morgan fight was because he wanted to take some time out to let his body rejuvenate, do some rehab. Um, and have a break from going from camp straight into camp again. That's a situation that I'm aware of with Mads Brunel. So unless you know something any different than I do, I'm happy to hear it. <laughs> no, I'd, rather I hear, I'd, I'd rather hear it directly from Mads or his coach, but, you know, if, if you know something else, I'll happily pick it up with them tomorrow. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I was honestly, I just thought Morgan was hinting at something. But uh, that's a that's a tasty enough fight, right? That Morgan v. Uh, Mads, that would be an insane fight. And the traction that guy Morgan brings to the party is absolutely unbelievable, right? Yeah, it's big. Like, M M Morgan's got a huge, huge online following. Um, so him and Mads would be a crazy, a crazy fight. Something that we'd happily put on um but like i said this all comes down to when these restrictions get lifted the mo the moment we can move around give me 48 hours and there'll be a date put up in the domain yikes that, that's incredible for, i gotta ask for the the irish mma fans about reese like as this as this situation probably obscured reese from the from the, the UFC call-up in August, if that event goes ahead. I know we're doing a lot of ifs and buts here, but unfortunately, it's just the situation we're in. I guess a lot of people thought he needed that big win in Belfast to catapult him into the contract uh, situation with the UFC. Would you rule that out now, or, or do you think it's still on? I think I think Reese needs, needs, needs that belt. Um, and unless there's some... Last minute, seven day notice fight that pops up on the radar that he can step in on. Um, I, I think that, I think that that fight for the belt and to get that belt and move forward from there is definitely on the cards for Reese. The way you got to look at this, look, you guys follow the sport twenty four seven, okay? The UFC's roster when they eventually get the green light to get a show on is going to be a full roster. Mm. And when I say full, there's got to be at least 30% of the UFC's roster out injured at any one time. Everybody is coming back uninjured 
everybody is coming back ready to go. Now, if everybody is ready to go and events are every other week or every week and there's a backlog of guys that need to get fights in because they haven't fought. Think about it. If somebody hasn't fought since, I don't know, uh, say December, November, December last year, it could be a year before they fight again. Yeah. So if they got injured in December or November last year, they're now going to be fully recovered and ready to go and rehabbed come July, June this year. Yes. So they're going to have, they're going to have a full roster. No injuries, a full roster to choose from. How in the name of God does anybody get into the UFC this for the rest of this year? Yeah, it's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that is a really, really good point. It, it's how does that, where, where's, where's the door open? Because there is no door open. If they need a replacement, everyone's going to be ready. Everybody's going to be coming in injury-free. Everybody's rehabbed. All they're going to be doing is coming and getting the sparring. They're all going to be fit because there ain't no UFC fighter that's on that roster right now, not going to be doing their training, their S&C and their um, cardio work, which they can do at home in a garden or go for a run or whatever they're doing. They're going to be doing stuff. They're going to be doing all the rehab. When this starts up again, you're talking a full, complete, uninjured roster. What room is there to bring new guys in when you've got everyone to choose from on your books, on your cards, fit and ready to go? Yep, that is a that is a strong argument. Yeah, I mean it's gonna happen. There's actually no doubt about it. Um, when you put it like that, um, but Graham, nobody. I I I I honestly do not believe anyone's getting into the UFC or there's a UFC contract going out this year. But yeah, yeah. Oh well, that's. Uh, I'm sure that's gonna be bad news for a lot of prospects on the up but i mean it is what it is i guess we're all we're all kind of being pushed back in some way or shape or form uh, because of what's happening around the world at the moment there but- are people pc there are people going to lose their houses mm. there are people losing their jobs this 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 thing hasn't even started yet yeah and when it when it does actually start to unfold how is there room to bring new guys in yeah i agree with you i agree with you graham um and come here, thank you so much for getting on to us and clearing that up. Um, I think a lot more people uh, will understand the situation and um, will be behind it um, now that you kind of clarified that. And I really hope... <laughs> PT, just do call me. See you next Tuesday, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but you love it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Graham, thanks so much, man. I hope you have a great... Uh, the rest of your Easter, I know only a few hours left, but uh, thanks so much for getting on to us, and I hope you and your family stay safe and stay away from that virus as much as you guys can. We'll do our best, mate. You take care. Take All care. All the best, Graham. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, never fails to deliver, as I said, Graham Boylan. The he... international man of mystery. <laughs> yeah. Remember the last time we had him and Lewandowski <laughs> on, everyone thought they were the same person. Has anyone ever seen Graham and Martin in the same room the before? Bo- the Bond villain. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... man, like... I'm glad I asked him about this in the Reese McKee and Morgan Charrier situations. Yeah. Like, he's fucking, he's dead, right? Isn't he? Like, I mean, everybody is going to be ready to go yeah. when the UFC kick back into gear. And I'd say adding talent <laughs> to the roster will be probably far, far, far from their list of priorities at the moment, right? Yeah, we spoke about this. You told me, obviously, after the interview, what happened with, with Graham and what Graham said. And, and, you know, the first thing I said to you is, Jesus Christ, that's an excellent point. How did we not think of that? And you look at There's the just whole... too much to actually think about at the moment. To, but, like, I mean, he 100%. is the guy, right? He is the guy that's played so many 
great fighters on the doorstep exactly. of the UFC. If anyone knows, he knows. Of course he does. He's you know he's he, he's the guy that's produced what one hundred fighters for the promotion for the world's premier mixed martial arts promotion or whatever the figure is. It's somewhere up around that ballpark, and you know if you consider everything and you put everything into consideration in terms of what we spoke about a few minutes ago in terms of you know these lower maybe up and coming fighters that you know aren't going to get a shot in these fight island cards that just has a massive overflow for the UFC at the moment and why would they be looking at taking more fighters on their roster when they can't even guarantee these guys fights it's not yeah, going to be a happen. bad move it would literally be it's like the worst time to sign for the UFC right yes now. And then you have the visa issues as well, especially if you're an international fighter. Predominantly you are if you're fighting for cage warriors, you're from Europe or something like that. There's a lot of barriers that they're going to have to overcome to accommodate someone. And this fighter, if there is to be a fighter or fighters signed from Europe, I think it will be after this whole um, pandemic dies down because there's just too many hurdles in the way to make it worthwhile for the UFC at the moment. Um uh, listen, I don't, I don't think they're going to sign anyone. It's a point I haven't really had much time to to think about, and you only, you know, said it to me a couple of hours ago. But on the face, on the face rain, of it, like it, it makes sense. And look, it's a shit situation sense. for the likes of Reese McKee who are knocking on the door. Yeah, uh, Morgan Charrier who seems like Mads Brunel, all these guys, like mm. incredibly talented fighters who seem to be just there or thereabouts. But as Boylan said as well, like I mean, people are losing their houses, people are losing their jobs, yeah. people are dying. You know, like there's 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 a lot worse sacrifices out there than maybe adding a few more months onto your Things, onto your wait list yeah. to to get to the UFC. Definitely, instead of you, know, you mentioned there, people losing their lives. It, exactly, like we can overcome this, and you can wait a little bit more time. It'll probably be all the sweeter as well. That little bit of a wait for guys, you know. And as much as it's not nice now, the rewards could be a lot greater in twelve months' time. And listen, you know, maybe if they come to Dublin, maybe they, they'll add one person but listen we don't know what's going on from one day to the next and, and that's the we don't even know if Dublin's going to happen at this there stage. we go you know it, it, it's very <laughs> unlikely that it mightn't happen so who knows and yes especially with this fight island thing there's, there's going to be no fighter signs and you know the roster is big enough as it is with the UFC and you know having guys on the on the roster that they can't accommodate for fights is is going to be a huge huge issue and, and that is going to be a knock-on effect is not having fighters signed um, from other promotions during this time so it's unfortunate, but I think it's just a reality of the situation we're in. And listen, maybe Graham, you know, was speaking to Dana White. We don't, we we don't know. Yeah, he wouldn't tell us that anyway if, if he was. So, um, that could be very well the case coming from the UFC, even you know. Yeah, I mean, like I, I asked him as well about the, um, you know, the fact that they were able to put on Fabinski and Stewart, yeah. um, on on the Manchester card. I was like, would that. Would that likely be a situation, say, for UK or Irish fighters signing to the UFC or UK-based fighters, Europe-based fighters, to maybe play out their contracts on Cage Warriors until, you know, travel is back up, everything is, you know, running smoothly again? And he said that could be something they might look at. Obviously, they haven't talked about it yet, yeah. but um, it's going to be interesting the way everything, you know, comes back together. It's a it's a, it's a, a crazy, crazy time, man. Yeah, there's, um, there's just a lot of shit and hold, and, and it's on hold for a perfectly good reason, and I think... Oh yeah, of course. you know these guys have to look at safety first, and you know that's obviously what Dana's being criticised for. But it's something; it's totally out of our control. And and listen, um, as I said, it could be a sweeter, sweeter time in twelve months when this shit's all over for these guys to to get signed and go in there. Listen, it's it's better than losing your life, certainly. Yeah. Um. How was your Easter anyway? It's a bit of a bizarre setup, I'd say. Your your house is always full with people, big, yeah. you know, with the family and the yeah. kids, uh, your niece and nephews, um. 
Nothing was happened. it was it a bit of a weird one this this year? Yeah, yeah, it was. The you know sister called up, but they're twenty meters away in the car. You know, it's not the same <laughs> yeah. thing. And my nephew throwing shit at me and stuff like that. Yeah, listen, fucking <laughs> <laughs> mad little shit. He said, I won't even tell you what he said. He said F coronavirus, which was uh, very funny and uh, oh you know v- very much in my thoughts coming from a three year old. But uh, you know, I didn't teach him to say that. I wouldn't do such things as you know. But uh, <laughs> listen, yeah, it's been a weird one. It's been. You know, like Groundhog Day, really, as I've been saying to you. A lot of the same shit every day. But, you know, what the fuck can we do, man? We'll, we'll come out better people at the end of this. And I think you can learn a lot from situations like this. And you learn a lot about yourself, you know, what you're, what's going through your mind, what you're thinking about. You have a lot more time to, to do shit you wouldn't normally do. And I think that's, you know, for me, it's probably fucking ordering the shit out of equipment and waiting on I ordered a computer. Well, you're this, Pete. And you know how excited I've been about getting this fucking computer. Every week, right? people have been updated with the many parcels oh. and, and many the, things. The, the main parcel I've been waiting a month for, I got a fucking email, right? Well, you hear this. Oh, sorry, your, your parcel's delayed three weeks. Isn't that heartbreaking? Listen, mate, I ordered a, an Italian God. ID jersey in January. Oh, did you, hey, what's here. the situation? Fill us in with that fucking hell. Oh, no, no contact. And like, they have oh, a thing on there. They're saying, sorry, sorry, we aren't getting back to emails the moment. Oh, We're very busy. Well, God. three months ago, I emailed them. <laughs> so, um, oh, man. Ah, fuck it. I don't give a bollocks. I mean, Jesus, there's a lot more to be worrying about now, especially yeah. the fact that I'm shit at Jenga. <laughs> I brought out the Jenga last night because me and Elaine are in my man Daz because we're, we're saying for yeah. the deposit in the house at the moment. What a time to do that. But anyway, got the Jenga out. Um, I only won one game. Like, got smoked by my ma, got smoked by my da. Elaine bat- battered me twice. In the end, I, I won, a, won a game against Elaine, but she's like she's like the fucking Anderson Silva of Jenga, man. It's unbelievable. I'd say you're just shit at it, though, as well. That's probably the rain. Impatient, the rain. as you can probably imagine. I, like, so I'm yeah. just, like, fucking punching the man, thing. Man, I can't even game. play 21. I'm that fucking impatient. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's a quick game. That's what I'm saying. Fuck those board games. I swear to fuck, man. They don't I've sit got, well with me. Christ. The, the lads are playing poker every night. Oh, do you want to jump on fucking Zoom? No, and play? I Wait, no nah, get, get out of here. Not my fucking scene. Not a hope I'm playing poker, man. No way. This is what, like, I bought Monopoly. I have loads of games every time. I'm not playing that fucking game every time. It's like, and then he starts crying when the, the name is even brought up. So, uh, oh, we had right. a bit of, i tell you one thing that's fucking really annoying me is people that are still walking around in groups of, like, 10. Yeah. Well, today, Definitely. we were down the canal. We brought Reggie for a walk. And, you know, we're keeping our distance, all that kind of shit. And next of all, this group of 10 people fucking walking towards us. And they're all trying to have a bit of crack. Like, like they're pretending like it's a family. Yeah. And I'm like, they, they, they're all teenagers with their with these three mothers, I guess. Three three people that could have been their ma. It's about 15 of them. They're fucking at three dogs with them. They chased Reggie into the river. Like, so the, river, the dog is terrified of water. And he's in the war. And they're like, oh, we have to keep our social distance. I was like, these are fucking dickheads. Well, like, this could have all been avoided. My poor little dog. Soaking wet. Oh, I'm, I'm like... I've got a serious anger problem. I need to. I'm not dealing very well with that situation all the time when I'm out. Yeah, no, it's pissing in me off. Face with people, like I mean, I'm gonna end up smashing someone's face in. Yeah, no, it is bad. No, I agree with you. There was parties going on as well in town, apparently, yeah. uh, the, and stuff like on that. Easter weekend, man, crazy there man. So many other parties going on. It's crazy and it's bullshit and it's putting everyone else at risk. And you know, we're all the ones fucking, you know, doing it right. And you've assholes like this, uh, you know, making the, the environments, you know more septic and, and making it more this shit. stressful yeah it's, like, it's making just... everyone stressful and it's yeah it's mental like i saw numerous amounts of uh posts of people going to parties and going to their neighbors hey i'm like what the fuck is going on here have you not been watching the news you dumb motherfuckers i yeah. swear to god man some of the shit and it's the same in the uk and it's the same in the state it's the same all over the world some people are just 
bone idle fucking selfish pricks yeah. and they deserve a slap and a fucking beating you know what I mean and it really it's really grinding on me at the moment because you know what it is it's it's very close to home you know a lot of a lot of these cases and you know you're only three four people away from you know picking it up yourself you could be walking across the shop and and some fucker in a group of five could g- give it to you you know mental stuff and uh yeah it just needs a bit more responsibility and i'm pissed off about that i'd like to beat the fucking tire out of some of them as well yeah it's it's uh it's over let's it's do it let's become one. like vigilantes again again yeah shit, <laughs> shh, don't tell anyone shut the fuck up we, we'll, we'll have to maintain our social distance so you go like Two meters in front of me. We'll get the e. I'm getting an e-scooter. <laughs> I you, actually am. You need kendo sticks and e-scooters. <laughs> so we get, just crack people. Yeah, on that's the head what I mean. We'll we'll do that. Like fucking the new bikers of Dublin on fucking e-scooters <laughs> with our hoods up, around oh. fucking bathroom pricks. But now listen, we'll get over this shit. I, I'm confident. I'm confident. But uh, how's, sort of how's the Carroll family? What? How's the Carrollers? Oh, they're all good. But I'm just kind of disappointed myself. I still haven't done a proper workout. Like I've done a lot long walks and stuff. I do one every day with Reggie or whatever. Yeah. But the workout, the proper workout has not. But I've told Elaine that tomorrow we're gonna do it. We're gonna do a fucking cer- uh, a kettlebell circuit and something else. And that's the one thing I could be doing as well. You know, doing a little bit more exercise and shit. And like I haven't been eating shit. I still haven't been eating meat. No, you look good. You look and good. No, no, I'm eating shit during the day. I just can't stop fucking eating. Just like crackers and fucking yeah, bars. Yeah, like, and you're just like, fuck. What am I fucking eating this shit for again? I just can't stop fucking eat. Bored. bored. That's what it is. Hundred percent. So I need to start just fucking. I know. I like. I need to start doing some. Some. I need to start. To be honest with you, get all that fucking gear sorted and shit, and I'll fucking start building and painting and all that bollocks then. So. But yeah, it's uh it's a shit time, Petey. It really is. It is, it is but um finally, how did your I was gonna ask, uh, how did the quiz go? You did a quiz, right? And yeah, it was, quiz it was cr- a great crack, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, Andrew McGrahan failed miserably. <laughs> which was brilliant. Did Andrew, come on, he, nah, that's class, yeah, man. That's so cool. He was fucking he was going on about, oh, I'm gonna win this, I'm gonna win this, and then he got like fucking like fifteen questions and then rang me telling me one of my questions is wrong, which it wasn't. Um, <laughs> this is brilliant. Yeah. I would have loved to have been a yeah. fly on the wall. There was actually a lot. Like, there was a lot more that came on. I think people are just that fucking bored. They'll even listen to me hosting a fucking quiz. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and how did you? How do you kind of keep it transparent? As in, how do you know that people aren't googling these? Is there a certain time I, period nah, in which you, they have to answer? Nah, or something? You just have to be. Just you have to trust people, Peter. You have to put your trust in their hands. A good Samaritan. I, I, talk, like I, never I do said, lad, like I said, lads, don't cheat. Listen, if McGann didn't fucking cheat, I reckon we're all right. <laughs> In fairness, do you know what I mean? Fair so, play, Andrew. no, it was good. I'm actually, you know what I'm going to do during the week? I said it to the, my other mates, going, Oh, will you do a fucking general sports quiz? I don't know enough about MMA. And in fairness, two of them did it right, and their scores were dreadful. <laughs> well, like, I'm glad they like did five, five out of 40. And I tell you, it took me a whole day to come up with questions, it's not an easy thing to do. Well, fair so, play to you, man. Uh, I might do one on Wednesday, I might do a general sports quiz on Wednesday for the crack. Because people are bored, man, and it unbores me no, as well. I think when people I'm doing are really it, grateful know? for it, you know, so, like, fair play. So I might do yeah. something on Wednesday, but uh, yeah, that's fucking it, man. Now nothing, nothing else really. So we'll be back ordinary. next week for um, another adventure of MMA in coronavirus <laughs> times. Um, <laughs> it's uh, what an insane! It's like time. an episode of SpongeBob. It feels, it does kind of feel like Groundhog Day, but like I'm, I'm so grateful for all the fighters for coming yeah, on and talking definitely. to us and. Of course, the 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 listeners. I mean, we've been getting great numbers. Well, this is on. To be fair, it's um it's great, and um I'm, I hope we are helping you guys um 
get through the boredom, I guess. It is, it's a tough time. There's no doubt about it. And I know it's, it sounds even selfish to be talking about, oh, it's so boring given what's yeah, going on. But it is, um, it is a, it is a crazy time. And I'd also like to say, um, rest in peace to Anthony Causey, uh, yeah, of the New York Post, a sports photographer, uh, good friends with Esther Lynn and Casey Lydon, um, our great video and uh, photography duo, um, Terrible news! Uh, mm. A really talented guy losing his life at 48 to this things. It really brings yeah. brings a crashing home. How serious the situation we all are in. We, we would have shared a media room with, with that gentleman as well. You know, at the New York cards we, we were at. So uh, yeah, it's just shocking, man, and it, it just shows you that you know, no one's susceptible to this uh, this virus. Young man like that, everyone's susceptible. Even yeah, it's uh, it's wait, susceptible. Does that mean everyone can get it? Yeah, it yeah. does, doesn't it? Yeah. All right, cool. It's um yeah it's it's terrifying and like we have had a few reminders really close to home for MMA right like with Rose Namajunas two of her family uh, reportedly passed away and now Anthony like I mean it's kind of crazy that we're we're you know only last week we were so desperately trying to plow ahead with this but this is the game we're in um we aren't going to change things we can simply um you know bob and Soldier weave with on. the punches as they continue yeah. to come in. Sorry, I thought you were going to talk there. Was that it? <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, was <laughs> I thought you were ending it there. Sorry, like, yeah, I thought you were going to say something. I looked at the screen. Yeah, no, 100%. Listen, Bob, weave, do little head movement back and forth. Use your feet. We'll avoid this shit. We ain't getting no one to knock us the fuck out. We are. We'll be here every week, every Tuesday morning, as always. Stay safe. Stay quarantined. Stay away from everybody and wash your hands. Peace. And listen to your flash. We love you loads. Stay safe.